You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome, well-wishers and well-doers, not wenches, werewolves, or weenies. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. No weenies. No weenies. Never. Today's show is episode 28, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen. And we are your saloon goons of loons, toons, and buffoons. Whoa. Whoa. this time. Oh. Change it up a little. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Uh, very quickly, let's start off here with the answer to a follow-up question that we had from last week. So uh, It was very you, popular, you, Colin. Good, I'm happy to hear that. We want uh, some listener participation. So the question that we gave was part of a quiz called One Letter Off. And so we were looking for a triplet of answers here, all of which are off by one letter. So the clue was... In the same position. Correct. So the clue was a light coating, a clearing in the woods, and a bright light. And as many listeners wrote in, we were looking for glaze, a light coating, glade, a clearing in the woods, and glare, a bright light. Congratulations to all you who sent in the right answer, and a lucky few of you will be getting some swag packs coming your way. Yep. I'm going to also accept glacé as a light coating, which, all right. which is almost the same word. But all right. Oh, like... G-L-A-C. We'll, we'll allow the, the, we'll allow the oh, accent mark. No. We'll allow that. It's like candied fruits <laughs> right. coated with mm-hmm. sugar as glacé, mm-hmm. oh. so mm-hmm. it technically works too. All right. Good job, everybody. Yeah. yeah. All so right. smart. So smart. Let's do our general trivia segment Pop quiz, hot shot. Everybody get your buzzers ready. And this is a good card. This is a good trivia for Sukar. I was very, very happy with it, even though I just picked it randomly. Here we go. Blue Wedge. The Chinese flag has one large star and how many small stars? We had this in a quiz before. I believe we did. It's four smaller stars. Correct. Mm -hmm. Pink Wedge for pop culture. Whose anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun? Dana. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Correct. Yellow Wedge. What watchdog organization proclaims itself our nation's guardian of liberty? The ACLU? Correct. American Civil Liberties Union. Purple Wedge. What is both the name of a line of books and a nimble masked character from Italian comedy? Harlequin? Correct! Ah, Lady books. Good. (laughs) Yeah, lady books. Green Wedge for science. What is the world's largest bird? Is it the ostrich? Correct. Ah, The ostrich can grow up to nine feet tall and weigh up to 350 pounds. That's a big old bird. Big bird. And lastly, orange wedge for sports, but most likely leisure. What are Quackers the Duck, Chili the Bear, and Bongo the Monkey? Are they uh, animal crackers? No. Are they mascots? No. Hmm. Are they Michael Jackson's pets? (laughs) No. (laughs) You know, they they sound like Chuck E. Cheese characters, actually. You know, this, we talked about it in a previous show. They're names of Beanie Babies. Oh. Oh. I didn't notice because the alliteration. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. If you had said Humphrey the Camel, I would have got it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Or Chocolate the Moose. 
Yeah, these are not, they're not that clever. <laughs> All right. Chocolate the Moose is the best That's one. pretty clever. <laughs> so today's show, man, we're, we're pretty excited. Actually, we got a lot of uh, letters and messages requesting for a show dedicated to cartoons. <laughs> Yay. Topic. So I think for this show, we're going to narrow it down to television cartoons and the history and our favorites and other interesting factoids. So I want to start off by asking guys, what is your all-time favorite cartoon on TV? Uh, you can only pick one. Well, for me, it's no contest then. I'll have to pick The Simpsons. Simpsons. Oh. So you're not even letting like childhood nostalgia. I mean, it would be close. You know, I mean, if I had to go back to a child. But in terms of over my entire life, if I had to pick one, it's The Simpsons. Oh. I would I would probably say The Simpsons, too. I mean, oh. you know, I, it's tough. I mean, the thing with childhood nostalgia, and we can get into this a little bit later, but like, you know, the cartoons I watched when I was a kid were pretty really bad you know what i'll, I'll, really play, I'll play along i'll play I'll, I'll play along uh, i'll go uh, the, the smurfs as in terms of childhood oh, memory really? i loved okay. the smurfs mm-hmm. absolutely hmm. i say let's do childhood oh okay uh, then he-man right. he-man and the masters of the universe i mean i watch that every single day yeah so i would say jim and the holograms uh-huh. i really girl cartoon she was truly outrageous <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly 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 outrageous <laughs> Truly outrageous. I think she was faking it. Yeah. <laughs> no, she really was. It was true. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it again recently, though, and it did not hold up. But I remember it fondly. And Gem and the Holograms, they were the rock band, right? Yeah. I mean, they were the, uh, yeah, doing good through uh, the forces of rock. And her boyfriend was a race car driver, and she was a philanthropist. She was kind of the, the Batman. She was kind of the Bruce Wayne yeah. for girls. Yeah. Lady, yeah, Lady Batman. I actually feel like the Smurfs holds up. When, I, when I've when i seen some of the reruns of it, and I mean, again, it's it's not quite as sophisticated as I remember, yeah. but I, I I think it holds up pretty well. Was the Some Smurfs, weird social uh, dynamics. They're ob- there. Yeah, they're, you're right. There were a lot of weird social dynamics. Was the Smurfs like a Saturday morning cartoon it where there was. was one a week? So, I mean, it we have the shows the... that are one show every week on Saturday mornings. They're going to be of higher quality than like He-Man or Gem and the Holograms, which are actually syndicated shows that Every day. Every I have to fill five day. a week. What about you, Karen? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I didn't grow up in the States, so a lot of, most of the cartoons I watched on TV were from Japan. Uh. And they're all dubbed. And, and, you know, later we had some Disney cartoons, but they're all dubbed. So it was a different experience, but I would have to say Animaniacs, and I would have to bring my relatives from America to send Uh. them to me. I think for a lot of us, Animaniacs hit the right kind of uh, places, because we're all trivia nuts. And you sit there and just fun songs about wacky facts. And and it was a show, again, didn't condescend to its audience. It was for kids, but it assumed that they were smart. They had a reference to Bill Clinton playing the sax in the yeah. theme song. Still, even today, whenever we're stuck on a state capital, Karen will run through the I Animaniacs s- state capital song. I will and- sing that song. <laughs> and did you guys know that Animaniacs, Animaniacs are the Warner siblings, right? There's right. The mm-hmm. Warner Yakko, brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. And they're modeled after old-timey 1920s, 1930s yeah. cartoon yeah. characters. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. sort of vague, uh, what are they? Like Well, that, that, that was the conceit, like that. right? That they had been frozen on the Warner lot yes. for all these years that's and years, right. and that's why they looked old-timey. Right. I forgot that was the backstory for mm-hmm. them, yes. Yep. Okay, well, so so speaking of old-school animation, I think we gotta just at least start by laying the groundwork for where did animation come from? The, the early history of, of film and animation are pretty similar, because it was just about, well, how do we make static images look like they're moving? 
moving. There are so many of these old-timey devices throughout the history of animation. Like, we love throwing out these words. I- I'm not going to describe each of these in depth. Oh, do you have any velociraptors on velocity? Oh, absolutely. Right. This is that class. So <laughs> Dandy horses. Well, you know, so I think most of us have probably heard of the, the zoetrope, which is, on zoetrope, which is the, the drum with the slits in it, and yep. you spin yep. it, and you look through. And there was also the phenakistoscope. Nice. There was the praxinoscope. <laughs> the zoopraxiscope. It just rolls off the top. It really <laughs> does. It really does. So I, concise. Why do they feel so medical? Yeah, they do sound like medical devices. Well, it's so funny. I imagine this age of like introducing products where it's you just assume that, that your customers have a knowledge of Latin and Greek, and they'll, oh, of course, or the phenakistoscope. I know what this yeah. does. Or it's they're trying to make it sound super like high-tech and be like, wow. And really, it's just put the dandy horse. <laughs> like, <laughs> pictures on a like reel and You're spin like, it in front magic. of your face. And right, right, right. Yeah. right. You know, I mean, and then we all have sort of the image, the machine with the person looking into the machine and cranking the, the handle on the side. There were really sort of two machines. There was the kinetoscope, which was an Edison, actually an Edison invention. Oh. Our, our old buddy, uh, Tom. Yep. That, that really was pretty close to an actual projector, but it didn't project onto a wall. You were just looking through a little eyepiece. But then the other one is the mutoscope, which was really a lot more like a flip book, sort of a perpetual flip book mounted on a reel. Oh. And as you turned the handle, you would look through and see the pages of the flip book. Pretty smart, actually. So yes, yeah. same, same goal. And you know, you would pay a penny or whatever yeah. to watch your 30 to 90 seconds of yeah. animation. <laughs> but what's funny is that really the most low-tech one, it was really the flip book that sort of branched off into, into hand-drawn animation. Yes. Because it's so easy. Anyone can do it. You do a little stack of papers. You know, I think we all kind of did that, you know, yeah, you like in school when you're oh, bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you just... And a lot of animators say that that had a lot more influence on them than any of these other high-tech devices. So they all rely on persistence of vision. You need to get around 10 to 12 images a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I thought it was 24. Well, so you need around 24 to kind of look smooth, and that's what we've settled on now. Below about 15 is where it starts to get choppy, but it's above about 10 or 12 where you can't start counting them anymore. Like, Ooh. you know, that's when it starts getting fast enough that your brain isn't like, oh, I'm seeing a sequence of images. It's right. I'm seeing motion. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'm, I'm right. Seeing, yeah, right around, motion right around 15. Not... And then th- cool. those old-timey jerky films, they look sort of jerky and have that quality to us because those were only, for the most part, around 18 frames a second. Huh. But 24 is nice and smooth for most frames. But mm-hmm. yeah, it relies on the fact that you see an image and your brain holds onto that image for about, you know, a 15th of a second. Mm-hmm. So as long as you put another image in front of your eye while it's still in your brain, it'll look nice and smooth. Yep. And that's where they sort of took the science of animation is how to make static look moving. Well, so originally, cartoons were, were shown on like newsreels. Coming back to a topic that we hit a lot here on Good Job Brain, in history days, there was nothing to do, right? <laughs> so like movies were like four hours long. That's the only thing to do. Go back to your humdrum life. No, of course not. So you go to the movie theater. So before the movies, you know, they would play like newsreels sure. and they would animated shorts, yeah. Mickey Mouses, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so you'd be there for a long time. And so that's early cartoons were played before movies. Because people were like paying for tickets to go see these things, they actually had pretty high budgets. And that is one of the kind of central conflicts is like animation moved to TV. The economy was different. And like that's kind of why Disney struggled a little bit because like Walt Disney was used to spending a lot of money to make cartoons that were actually played in the theaters. Mm-hmm. It's not like they just took cartoons from movie theaters and went, plop, you're on television now. No, it was actually right. quite different. A lot of the early shorts were paired with the movies that were showing. So we all know the Warner Brothers, awesome, great cartoons. Those would be shown along with Warner Brothers pictures as well. Oh. You know, so, I mean, it made a lot, and same with Universal and, you know, with the other big studios. The company that first devoted exclusively to doing animation for television uh, was Hanna-Barbera. And they were doing cheaper 
stuff, essentially, for TV. I can't quite bring to mind what the first one was. First, like, TV cartoon is kind of obscure, and you've probably never heard of it, but very early on was actually Huckleberry Hound. Oh, Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. Yeah. That is why that character is kind of so popular, because it was, like, first, like, big TV-only cartoon. And so here's the thing, right? So Walt Disney did not make his cartoons for kids. They were actually, it was for all audiences. Animation was still so novel that people mm-hmm. liked seeing it. That's why, you know, mm-hmm. those early Mickey Mouses, they were violent. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, you watch, especially some of like the early, like Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoons. Like, they're, 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 Kinda they're dark. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird social commentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. And so yeah. we have this mentality of like cartoons are, are, you know, are for kids or we did for a while, but that, that was not true at the dawn of the early right, age right, of TV animation, right. which is probably why Hanna-Barbera, you know, their, their first really, you know, huge hit was was the Flintstones, which was a sitcom. Like, the characters were very close to, like, the Honeymooners. Right, you know? right. Suspiciously was... close, one might say. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was... I never put... The... Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, even down wow. to the neighbors. Yes. Even down to Barney. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we actually just had this at Trivium. The Flintstones was aired for the first couple of years in the very early 60s in black and white. Right, right. But then you said, Colin, that... I mean, I had always heard that the, the Flintstones was really sort of the first prime time time cartoon as you said you know Hanna-Barbera big yep. hit but I assumed it was the first one in color and we got this wrong it was in fact the Jetsons yep. also another Hanna-Barbera which was apparently the first show aired in color on ABC um, but the Flintstones they were making the show in color right. because they were they were painting it all and doing it all in color yeah probably. why wouldn't they yeah no that's the thing I think they were looking forward you know looking ahead to a time because color TVs were not that far off you know or, or the adoption of color t- it would be like foolish it was- to actually animate these in shades of Gray. Right, yeah. exactly. Then the Flintstones was, of course, a very early piece of color programming, but it was not, as it turns out, on that particular network, the first. That was but a good question. That was very tricky. And it I, was. As it I was said tricky, at the time, yeah. it actually it makes sense. The Jetsons being such a, a futuristic show that yeah. they would be the first yeah. <laughs> cartoon yep. broadcasting color. All right. So, I have a cartoon villain quiz oh. for you guys. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name the villain name, and you have to tell me what cartoon they're from. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Excellent. All right. And these are all TV cartoons, yes? TV cartoons, Okay. All yes. right. All right. Gargamel. Chris. The Smurfs. Smurfs. Okay. Bonus question. Gargamel had an animal. As yes. As real. Come on. You can't just... No. Come on. you got to play by the rules. She said bonus question. That doesn't Wait, mean don't no, buzz. No. It means part... B. You have to yes. buzz it. <laughs> no, that means I, I answered it correctly, no. so then I can answer Oh, the you have question. first right of yeah. it. Okay, yeah. I see. All right. Well, Azrael, which is named after the Archangel of Death. Oh. Yeah. And also, what country did the Smurfs come from? Uh, Belgium. Originally. Yes. 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 They, they were originally written in French. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. were, uh, I believe in French, they were Les Strumpfs. Les yes. Strumpfs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Smurfs is a, It's so much fun to say. So yeah, it sounds like a like a strudel. Yeah. So many more letters. Stromfat. Here's another villain: the peculiar purple pie man of Porcupine Peak. Dana. Strawberry shortcake. Correct. <laughs> Very good. Okay, Professor Coldheart. The Care Bears. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Strawberry shortcake and Care Bears were created by the same company. What company was it? 
American greeting card company. Yes, yeah. both character lines were made originally to sell greeting cards. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. you know, with very good foresight, they're like, oh, we can branch this into and mugs and toys. calendars yeah, and then into toys. cartoons. Yeah. Kenner that we've talked about in our toys episode. Kenner turned the Care Bears into the plush teddy bears that people carried around. So very good foresight, but it's weird because it's a greeting card company. All right, Krang. Oh. oh. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. yes. <laughs> if you grew up in the UK and some countries in Europe, they're actually not called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Oh. They're called what? Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yes. <laughs> oh. Ninjas was considered very controversial. The word ninja, so they kept it away from children's programming. Oh, yeah. the 80s. Like it was too violent. <laughs> well, mostly because uh, ninja related to nunchucks. Nunchucks at that time was a weapon. Right. Oh. And they didn't want to advertise it's, it's it. It's still but, a but, weapon. It's, it's still a weapon. <laughs> They all have like knives in nunchucks. Somehow right. nunchucks was violent. compared to the katana sword right. or, or the, the size. Yeah. The size are far more dangerous. But one of them has nunchucks. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. this is they what blurred happens. it out in the cartoon. in the oh. intro sequence. They actually heavily edited. First, they have to change the logo. Yeah. Because you know, okay. in the original logo, it's like a big blob and it turns into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle logo. Uh, right. They had a digitally faded oh new goodness. logo, and then they edited out. Uh, scenes when Michelangelo had his nunchucks. Uh, That's so funny. You know what? Actually, that makes sense. I think about all when I was growing up, all the kids with their fake nunchucks, like mm. swinging them around, because it's so fun to swing them around yeah. and like <laughs> hit, hit yourself in the face with the nunchucks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's another villain. His full name is Peter Pete Senior. Chris. Mickey Mouse? Yes. Oh, whoa. He's that that guy's name is Pete. Pete. Pegleg Pete. Oh. And he's also called Black Pete. Peter Pete Senior. Wow. He's that fat cat. Yeah. He's a technically a Wait, cat. He, oh, he's a cat. He's like a big I thought he was Which... a bear or a dog for a long time. Or an indiscriminate blob like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but he's yeah. he was the captain from Steamboat Willie and a lot mm. of classic And later he was in the Goof Troop and a lot of the other goofy franchises. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Snidely Whiplash. Uh, that was uh, 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 Dudley Do-Right. Correct. Nice. Dudley Do-Right. Okay, Dudley Do-Right. this one's yeah. a little bit tough. Duke Sigmund Igthorn. Duke Sigmund Igthorn. From a cartoon with a very catchy theme song. Is it, is it the Rescue Rangers? No. Was it DuckTales? No. Is it Darkwing Duck? It is Adventures of Gummy Bears. Oh, oh yes, Dookie. Wow. Duke. Duke. I yeah, have, I've not, I've not seen that one. I will have to hop online. You haven't heard the Gummy Bears? Thing? No. <gasps> oh. I feel like we should that is, play it. Right I know now. that is one of the best cartoon really theme songs. Good. All right, Mumra. Chris. Thundercats. Thundercats. Yeah. Nice. Angelica. Oh. Rugrats. Correct. Yeah. Wow. You're so <laughs> Come good. Come on. <laughs> All right. Lastly, Beagle Boys. <laughs> oh, DuckTales. Yeah, that's yeah. DuckTales. Right, yeah. right. They're, they're the bandit, the masked With beagle. The mask. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, just... They don't look like beagles at all. Uh, again, they're like weird animal. And they're always, trying to, they're always trying to steal uh, Scrooge's money, right? Yep. Those guys. Okay. All yeah. right. He just swims in it. He's not, <laughs> he's not using it wisely. He doesn't just <laughs> swim in it. Sometimes he spits ki- out coins out of his mouth. <laughs> How many kids back in the day wanted a room, a swimming pool oh. of oh, gold coins? I totally 100%. did. 100%. But that would hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but when I you're a kid, you don't think that I think the only thing preventing massive injuries was the fact that as kids we couldn't amass enough coins to actually try and dive into them. Yeah. Otherwise we'd have broken fingers, broken noses, inhaled quarters. Snarge. 
All right, that was that was my villains quiz. Good job, everybody. Nice. Good quiz. So we have actually been talking around this uh, during the show, but we've been talking about, you know, cartoons based on toys and based on greeting cards. And so here's why these things it didn't exist for a long time. And then suddenly it seems kind of exploded into vogue. Money. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the government, actually. So in, so, in, no. so in 1969, 1969 through 1971, Mattel produced a cartoon, a Hot Wheels cartoon, and people complained to the FCC, rival television program makers and things like that. They were like, this is not a television program. This is advertising. Right. Like, this is all about Hot Wheels cars. The FCC actually agreed, and they made, I think, basically, like, uh, Mattel had to pay for some of the time or designate some of the time as being advertising, whatever. But huh. the, the, the end result of this was that nobody really pursued this for a long time throughout the entire 70s. No one wanted to get smacked down. Yes. Producing a cartoon that was based on a toy line that would essentially be seen as advertising. You know, in the early days of television, even now, people are very concerned about advertising to children, what Mm -hmm. the content of children's programming. And so this is a big thing. So in the early 80s, with the Reagan administration, there was deregulation of children's programming. The major change was that what detractors referred to as program-length commercials, (laughs) these became okay. And the floodgates were open. And the floodgates were open. So we all have mentioned things that kind of hit us. Like you had Gem and the Holograms. I had He-Man. I mean, Care Bears. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Care Bears. Gummy Bears. Like all these cartoons from the 80s. My Little Pony. A lot of these things were paid for out of the marketing budget of the toy companies. That's that's what these things were were paid for by. I mean, a lot of them were produced by either the toy company themselves or a wholly owned subsidiary Mm -hmm. that they bought an animation company or like the PR company company or the ad or the marketing company or the ad company that they had hired a lot of them were done by a process called barter syndication by which they just give the show to the networks in exchange for advertising time a lot of times actual cash would not exchange hands they'd be like we just want to advertise the toys now typically they would not go so far as to advertise the toys during, during the show, the show yeah. right there was no legal reason i don't think that they did that i, I believe it was just to avoid it's just you enough. Know, it's the appearance it's of tacky. Tacky. you don't want parents, you don't want parents yep. groups yeah, yeah. coming you don't Oh. Crass about it. <laughs> and they really crank these things out. And this is, they actually use a lot of techniques that were used very heavily in Japan because Japanese animation, they were cranking out, you know, a show a day. Right. Right. And they pioneered in Japan a lot of limited animation technique. When you were watching a cartoon and there's like one matte painting, yep. and they pan yeah. across it for a long time as people are talking. Or, or the, classic, yeah. the, the classic example of just when they're running and you see the same background features come into focus again and again yeah. and again. Yeah. Yeah. Or just somebody's like just a mouth is moving, cutting as any corners that you could to crank things out. Because, Man, and, this is so yeah. depressing now. I know. Why? Well, if it, and so I think it, it expanded the conversation. Like it was just Hanna Barbera for a long time, and then it was like, oh, now we can. But see now it's like to sell things. Well, the thing is, they became so so very popular. The idea of just cartoons that were either a focused on a very certain brand, like you know Tiny Toons, or you know things that were kind of done by a big shop, or things that were only meant to sell toys, and that's why, like in the 1990s, you had this sort of like resurgence of creator-driven animation. Versus merchandise-driven. Yeah. Got and, it. And that's, I mean, cartoons have actually gotten so much better since then because people had really pushed for like high, high, yeah. high quality. Believing that kids would watch better quality content right. if it were given to them. And right. actually one of the really 
the pioneering examples of this in the early 90s was Nicktoons. When when Nickelodeon first introduced Nicktoons, which were original animation mm-hmm. produced by and shown on Nickelodeon. What were some of the shows? Doug, Rugrats, 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 and Ren and Stimpy all debuted on the yeah. same night. So right. They began with a cartoonist or a pair of people who were like passionate about these characters. Making the story. Especially Ren and Stimpy, yeah. which I, get, I should throw in there because like that was that was huge for me as like an 11 year old. It was like, oh my god, it's gross and it's funny and it's so, so, so funny. They have so many fake commercials in it too. Yeah. And I wonder <laughs> if that's like a response to the previous versions of the cartoons that were oh, that were yeah. It was oh. certainly, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it was certainly done by people who were fed up with commercialism. And yeah. Just, you're, just you're pushing right. the boundaries. Even, even when we're thinking back, we're like, oh man, we watch He-Man now and you're mm-hmm. like, man, that was really bad. Yeah. But then yet we still remember Animaniacs. You can and go back can and still... watch Animaniacs. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. There's, yeah. there's room for both. I mean, even yep. as, even as grownups, I think we both have uh, some commercialism and some high art in our diets as yeah. well. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A couple of episodes ago when I did the quiz about the Muppets, that was really fun. I did a bunch People of research. People really liked it. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they? That's awesome. I researched Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. That same week in trivia, we had a question. It was the drummer in Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem was inspired by what rock musician? Oh, and wow. I didn't talk about it on the podcast, but the answer is, so Animal is the drummer in Electric Mayhem. He, and you knew this right away. You were so excited. He was inspired by Keith Moon. And I, you know, read it. I want to talk about cartoon bands. And I'll give you some trivia that I think this is a would come up in pub quiz. So so I'll have some questions mixed in. And it, okay. then at the end, I'll have a lightning round. All right. So oh. you can show off. Are there that yeah. many cartoon bands? There are quite I, I a think there are. few. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start with one of the proto versions of, of the cartoon band, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Of course. Oh. We have to talk about Alvin did and the count Chipmunks. As, oh, they did sing. They had songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, they yeah. were a band. Like, well, they, they were a cartoon yeah. show that came from the fake... They, they, they were existed. a novelty They were a novelty, novelty album. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a novelty. Yep. They existed yes. only as like the, the fake singing. Exactly. Yep. Do you know Alvin and the Chipmunks was the brainchild of oh, this right. novelty songwriter? Right. Yeah. Um, what was the song? It was Witch Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Witch Doctor. The yeah. ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bing bang. That was not yeah. the Chipmunks, but he had no. he had used that technique of speeding up his yeah. voice. Right, you sing, yeah. Yeah. sing, like you sing slowly so, and then speed it up. So that yep. gets grouped into compilations of their albums, even though that wasn't really the Chipmunks ah. doing it. And but, for all the kids out there, we literally mean he sang slowly into a tape recorder. <laughs> tape blew people's minds. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big hit. So what was the first Chipmunk song? Do you know that one? Oh. It was that it was the Christmas song. Yeah, right? I'm trying to yeah. think of what the name of it is. Um, it's is it Christmas? Don't be late, or it's is it the Chipmunk song? Parentheses oh, the... Christmas. Don't be late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Very good. Okay, but do you know what what toy does Alvin ask for in that song? What? 
A hula hoop. Yeah. Mm. And so that was the it toy of the year that that song came out. Okay, so what cartoon band scored a number one Billboard hit in 1969? I gotta go with the Archies. I believe it was the Archies. What was the song? Sugar Sugar. Uh, Honey, honey. Yeah. That's... A cartoon yeah. band, yeah. cartoon that. band. Yeah. They're, 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 they're trying to make a pop hit. My brain is like leaking out from my ears. They're as real as the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. it was really the Archies, like Archie, yeah. Betty, Veronica. They yeah. sang that yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not well, the not real because they don't exist. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> those characters. Yeah, that band. yeah. They were setting out to make yeah. pop hits. They yeah. were proto gorillas. Like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> uh, there was a dog in that band named Hot Dog. Hot Dog. Yeah, he was in the band though. Do you know what he did in the band? Did he, like... Play the triangle. Press, like, a kick drum or something? I don't know. He was, like, the conductor of the band. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. I mean, well, that's fine, because dogs can't play instruments. <laughs> oh, so the Archies were such a big hit that it inspired Hanna-Barbera to make their own kind yes. of version oh. of a band that had a dog in it. I and this was during the concepting phase. What cartoon did it become? Is that Josie and the Pussycats? No. Ah, no, Josie and the Pussycats were in the Archie uh, Yeah. Oh, yes. that's right. They in the same so, universe. Yeah. You're right. You're right. No. It started out as oh. a, a TV show about a band of kids with a dog. Scooby-Doo. Oh. Wait. Yes. They were a no. band. They, the they were originally a band? Concepts, yeah, they were going to make them a band, and I think Scooby oh, was going to... touring gonna, around in yeah. the van? Oh, okay. that makes sense. That makes so much more sense than solving mysteries, mysteries. in a psychedelic yeah. van. Yeah. Okay, so you said Josie and the Pussycats, and then they they kind of were the marriage of those two concepts because they solved crimes and were a band. <laughs> so I, I thought this was just interesting trivia. Valerie on Josie and the Pussycats was the first African-American female character to be on a cartoon, regu- wow. like a regular really? cartoon. Huh. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay, so now we're moving on to the lightning round of bands. Oh, oh. Round. So Uh-oh. I'll give you a member of the band, and you tell me the band and the cartoon. Oh, that's such okay. a disadvantage. No, no, I think, well, we'll Good. start super easy. Jim. Karen. Holograms. Jim and the holograms. Yes. <laughs> Mushmouth. Oh. Oh. That was, uh... Fat Albert yes. and the gang? What was the name was of their the band? Name? I believe oh. it was... Oh, wait, the and band? The What's the name of the band Is the band... Th- is it the Cosby Kids? No. Uh, what was it? The Junkyard Band. Oh, the Junkyard that's right. Band. That's right. And they had all the, the instruments made out of junk. Yeah. Pizzazz. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you the other members of the band in case that helps. They're <laughs> yeah. Roxy and Storm. Uh, is it the Misfits? Yes. From oh, Gem and the Holograms. Yeah. Nice. Oh. The evil band. Yeah. <laughs> Gem and the Holograms keeps coming back. Uh, Trent Lane. Oh, I, I'm getting the show. Is it Daria? Yeah. I forget the name of his band. Oh, um, man. Oh. It's Mystic Spiral. Mystic Spiral. Yeah. I love Trent. I He's love Trent. I kind of had a crush on Trent. I, know, I knew a lot of girls actually who had a crush yeah. on a cartoon character. Yes, Trent. <laughs> Nathan Explosion. <laughs> oh, uh... Oh, You're gonna feel no. Bad I know that. What is that? Yeah. It's uh, ah, from Metalocalypse. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Death Clock. Her. Oh God. Yeah, it's totally Death blank. Clock. It's Death Clock. Apu Nasapima. <laughs> he had a band. He was yes, in a band. He was uh the B Sharps. Yeah. <laughs> from... from the Simpsons, yeah. of course. And uh... last one, Timmy Birch. <laughs> Uh, would that be uh, Lords of the Underworld? Or yes. Timmy and oh. the Lords of the Underworld? Oh, 
from, from South Park. Yeah, uh, that is very that's very tricky. Nice. Good, good. All right. Well, so speaking of the B sharps and the fact that I jumped all over that question, <laughs> yes, I I am a huge Simpsons nerd. Like I'm sure many of our listeners are. I heard before it was a TV show. It was a cartoon segment from the Tracy Ullman show. Mm-hmm. Back yeah. In the day. So right. so in terms of its animated, all, yeah, it started its animated life on the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah. yeah we right. Used to which watch was in the, the mid '80s. Yeah. '87 yeah. on Fox. One of the first shows on Fox when yeah. it started as a network. And it so, was Fox's mm-hmm. first hit. I think it was their first show that actually. It was like, certainly like in the same era as Married with Children and around then. Yeah, you know, a lot of the Simpsons fans sort of fondly recall how crude they were. Yeah. And, I mean, you look at them now. Very it's like, squiggly. Very squiggly and right. very crude. But so, they looked like Matt Groening's characters right. from Life so, in Hell. So yeah. Matt Groening, who basically got his start, got attention, producers, was doing his comic strip, Life in Hell, which was a black and white, pretty simple drawing of the rabbits. There's mm-hmm. Binky and Bongo, and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them are just single panel. Yep. So he was drawing this in L.A. in the early 80s. It basically came to the attention of James L. Brooks, famous producer. And mm-hmm. he asked him, basically, come in. I want you. To, I want to work with you. I want to do a show specifically in mind for something to do with Fox. Matt Groening was ecstatic. He's like, this is great. I'm going to be on TV. This is awesome. So he goes to meet James L. Brooks. He's sitting in the waiting room. And he's freaking out, thinking like, oh, my gosh, what if I make this cartoon with my rabbits? And then the network owns it, and it flops. Then it takes my comic down with it. So he's being... Right. Very so cautious. Well, he's yeah, he's being just a moment of self doubt as well. Yeah. So sitting in the waiting room, literally waiting to meet with Jim Brooks, he draws out a new set of characters and is like, okay, it's not about rabbits; it's about this family instead, this dysfunctional family. Nice. And hurriedly draws these out, yeah. he sketches them before he goes into the meeting, so he can pitch this idea instead, thinking, well, if it flops, it flops. I can go back to my comic in the paper. Yep. So he named this family after his own family. Yep. Matt Groening's parents are, in fact, named Homer and Margaret. No! Yes. <laughs> yes, Homer Groening and Margaret Groening. And his two younger sisters are Lisa and I Margaret. Maggie. Or Maggie or Margaret. So he sort of substituted Bart in his own plays. He yeah. thought that would be a little bit well, too I much. I mean, Bart was an anagram of brat. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He does have two older siblings who sort of got left out. On the show, there's Grandpa Simpson now, who's Abe, Abraham Simpson. So when it came time to add Abe Simpson, Matt Groening said to the writers and the producers, all right, look, I, I don't want to name another character after my own life. You guys come up with the name and just let me know what you want. So they're like, oh, okay, hey, so we named him Abe, Abraham Simpson, and uh-huh. that is Matt Groening's grandfather's <laughs> name. He's like, he just took that as a sign of good for it. He's like, he can't yeah. escape it. It was Abraham right, right, Groening. Right. Yeah, so nice. it fits. In Homer Simpson are Matt Groening's initials. Right. Do you know he puts this? in the M and so the G. So the M right, of hair right. above Homer's ear, and the, the ear is a G. We alluded to them looking really crude and uh, on the early shorts, and even a little bit into the show. And so Matt Groening talks about how he did these kind of rough sketches of what he wanted the family to look like. And, you know, for TV animation, you know, you turn it over to the production studio. <laughs> and he really thought, like, oh, well, I'll be able to clean these up in post-production. But he wasn't. They came back, and they're like, no, this is what they look like. And he, he really, he's like, well, I, I, would, I would have made them a little more fine-detailed if I had known they were going to look like that. And so this is one of the reasons that Bart and Lisa and Maggie are really some of the only characters that don't have a hairline. Because he just drew them in line drawings, you know, so Bart, their hair is the same color as their skin, which looks a little weird. It's yeah. Just, uh, among many things that he just figured, well, I'll have a chance to clean these up later. Yeah. But they literally traced his drawings that he gave them in for the sketches. So that's why the early Tracy Ullman shorts look just so wild and weird and jaggy. Well, and yeah. well they I, kept uh, a lot of it. Yeah, Do we have 
outsourcing. Yeah. Just one of the other things that I always loved about The Simpsons is the (laughs) itchy and scratchy cartoons, which are the cartoons within a cartoon. These are the uh, sort of parodies of Tom and Jerry, the cat Mm -hmm. and the mouse that Bart and Lisa are always watching. Now, just as a side question here, uh, do you guys know which one's itchy and which one's scratchy? (laughs) Karen, I think... I think Itchy is the rat. Itchy is the yeah. mouse. Yes. yes! You can just remember Cat Scratch. Yes. Um, Itchy's the mouse, Scratchy's scratch. the cat. Uber violent, making jokes about the violence in Tom and Jerry. One of the things I love about them is they always have these horrible pun names about <laughs> famous movies or TV shows, but with violence jammed in there somewhere. Yeah, nice. These are a few of my favorite Itchy and Scratchy episode titles within the show. Ooh, puns. Okay. <laughs> I like puns. Let's do it. Esophagus now. <laughs> Skinless in Seattle. <laughs> that one's good. Scar Trek, the next laceration. <laughs> that one's that's good. so nerdy. It's like it's you know a bunch of nerds are writing yeah. the show. So that's a burst of my Simpsons love for you guys. You just totally geeked out. Oh man. yeah. You can oh, geek yeah. out for five more hours. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, we barely scratched yeah. the surface. Tip of the iceberg. Well, I want to talk about something that I would geek out about. And and Colin, you actually told me that you've never heard of this show. So growing up in Asia, I had only dubbed versions of Disney cartoons, but they all came like a year later than their airing date in the US. But one of the shows I was really into was called Gargoyles. And it was kind of in the climate of cartoons where there were for kids, but they're a little bit more darker in themes like, uh, you know, Batman, the animated series. Gargoyles was basically about a bunch of gargoyles in modern New York. And modern New York is not a awesome place. There's a lot of crime, a lot of corruption. And what I loved about it was because they really wrote in a lot of classical mythology, not Greek mythology, but in European mythology. So they had a lot of Shakespeare episodes around Shakespeare characters coming into this universe and into this kind of half magic, half real gritty life universe. Macbeth characters, Hmm. a lot of Midsummer's Night Dream characters. Hmm. And there was also a whole story arc surrounding King Arthur Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they go on quests and stuff. So it was really, really interesting. It was kind of nerdy in a way. But, and and I realized I watched this all in Chinese, all in Mandarin. Hmm. So I never got the American voice acting thing. And when I was researching and reading about this, Oh my God! There's so many famous actors, not just voice actors, uh, but actors. All star cast, really? yes, in this cartoon. And actually, there's a weird overlap with people of uh, the alumni of the Star Trek franchise. Deanna Troy and Riker from TNG were voice actors. Uhura, uh, Nichelle Nichols from the original Star Trek, was also a voice actor. Huh. And also, I have a quick list, speed round of famous actors who are in Gargoyles. I'm going to give you what they're known for, and then tell me the actor. Okay. Wadsworth, or known uh, as Dr. Frankenfurter. Tim oh. Curry. Uh, yeah. Wadsworth being the butler from Clue. Yep. Uh, okay. Data. Oh my god, I'm forgetting his name right so now. So you know the character, No, Data. wait, 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 wait. Brent Spiner. Correct! <laughs> Brent Spiner. He was actually the voice of Puck from mm. Midsummer's Night Dream in Gargoyles. Gimli. Um, uh, 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 Jonathan Reese Davies. John Reese Davies, correct. Uh, 90s heartthrob and detective Dennis Booker on 21 Jump Street. Richard Grieco. Yeah! I'm so ashamed that I Heck jumped yeah. in faster for Richard Grieco than Jonathan Reese Davies. Yeah. This Scottish actor known for playing the MC and also Nightcrawler. Oh, uh, Alan Cumming? 
Correct. Okay. Alan mm-hmm. Cummings. And lastly, Monk. Oh. Tony Shalhoub. Tony yeah. Shalhoub. Th- this is just a small list. The list wow. goes on and on, and they're all real actors yeah. from other kind of people you would recognize by face. Yep, yep. Very interesting. <laughs> Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart topping family road trip trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia. Every single week, movies, music, even science and Disney, we've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Oh, man. And obviously, you know, we can dedicate so many more shows to cartoons, but this is kind of our maybe prologue. Let's just call it our prologue cartoon. (laughs) To be continued. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Colin, you have a last quiz for us? I do. Let's uh, close things out today. Switch gears here. I have a general trivia quiz for you guys called What's in a Name? All of these questions are about names of things. Very and, general. Well, you know, I like to kind of go all over the map here. Okay. okay. But uh, that's... that's So unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like to, like the wind. Yeah. I like to keep you guessing. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm going to zig, that's my zag. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Hurricane Isaac just passed through the southeast. Do you guys know what the rules are oh. for naming hurricanes? Chris. Um, they alternate between men and women. That's one part of it. They okay. alternate between male and female names. That's right. Alternating? Or? Uh, they are just alphabetical. They oh, name well, well, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. They're al- yes. <laughs> yeah, you got it, though. They, they name okay. them. So at the beginning of each hurricane season, which starts in June, they start with A, and they yes. have a list of names that alternates male, female, and they go through them. And so not all of them turn into full-blown hurricanes. But yes, the ones that do. Storms right, and, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we got up to I this year before there was one that really started causing a lot of damage right so the one after isaac would be joyce and then it's kirk Mm -hmm. uh and And it's the same name for every year no every year they pick they rotate the list i guess every six years and then if there's one that causes a lot of damage they retire the name so like there's never going to be another hurricane Katrina. Katrina. that's That's right right. that's right this is a three-part answer so each of you guys is going to have to name one of these answers here shakespeare wrote three plays where the title is a pair of lovers names all right, I think Dana went first, so she gets crack at the easy ones. Uh, okay, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. Karen. Uh, Anthony and Cleopatra. Anthony and Cleopatra. That means uh, Chris gets the hard one. It's like Troilus and Cressida. Exactly. Right. Troilus and Cressida. Wow. Well done, guys. That's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. I waited for the hard one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, another tragedy. Right, it's a good one. So uh, the name of the president's airplane is Air Force One. And more accurately, that's its air traffic control call sign. What is the name of the president's helicopter? 
Karen. Blades Force One. <laughs> Blades Force One. I feel like it's a trick, Dana. like Air Force Two or something. So Air Force Two is another plane. Air Force Two is what Vice President flies on. So uh-huh. Air Force One for the President. The, the President's helicopter, the call sign is Marine One. Marine. Uh, so the Air Force is responsible I've... for flying the President's plane, yeah. and the Marines are responsible for flying his helicopter. I have heard uh, that. That makes Air sense. Force. Okay. The Air Force One, Marine One, doesn't actually refer to any specific plane. So whatever plane he's on, he's on is Air Force One. Right. Despite being the smallest U.S. state in physical size, Rhode Island actually has the <laughs> longest official name. What is the oh, full five-word name of Rhode Island? Uh, something plantation. Oh. Yeah, you're on the right track. Really? You're on the yeah. right track. Rhode so- Island something and plantation oh you're so close all right it's uh rhode island and providence plantation really and that is its full official name yeah the plantations has nothing to do with slavery at all it just it was like an old term for a colony but some of the lawmakers there were a little worried that they had this public image Mm -hmm. so they actually put it to a vote a few years ago and voters in rhode island no they're like no we want to keep the name so rhode island rhode island and providence Providence Plantation. plantation If it were the 1700s, and I asked you for directions to New Holland, what modern country would I be looking for? Chris. The United States of America? No, not the U.S. Oh, okay. New, New Holland. Holland. So it must be a Dutch colony. Oh, man. What's a Dutch? Is it New Zealand? You're so close. Oh. You're so close. Australia. It is Australia. Yeah. Oh, yes, okay. Australia. Yeah. All right, last one here. This one's a little tricky, but I think fun. All right. There are three chemical elements that share a namesake with planets in our solar system. What are they? And I'll give you a little nudge. There there used to be four until uh-huh. a certain planet was downgraded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So Chris. I think it's... Okay, so uranium. Yeah, yes, yeah. for Uranus. I want to say... Plutonium. Um, well, I mean, that one would Plutonium be, was one until right. Pluto was downgraded. Um, I want to say Neptunium. <laughs> Neptunium. Neptunium, yes. That's one. the tricky one, yes. Uranium, Neptunium. <clears throat> one more. Um, Earthium? You guys are going to kick yourselves. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Hold on, hold on. Right. We can yeah, do we this. can figure this out, we you can guys. Do this. All right. Oh, Mercury. Mercury. Derp. Ah. It's always the easy it's one. The, you know what it is? Well, you know what it is because it doesn't follow Yo. the pattern of the other ones. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. That is what's in a name. So that is our show. Lots of knowledge there. And thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learn a lot about cartoons and cartoons as advertisements and how much Colin geeks out over the Simpsons and how much data geeks out over Gem and the holograms. Uh, you can find our show on the Zoom marketplace on iTunes and also on Stitcher. And don't forget to also check out our website, which is goodjobbrain.com and our sponsors, our lovely sponsors, bonobos at bonobos.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.